0: I've got to back my manager, right? But if we go another summer without signing central midfield, I just want to bang my head against a brick wall. Anybody who's just focusing on his height is, uh, they're just, they're trying to find something to poke the transfer with and say, oh, that's a risk, that's a risk. Last
1: season, he had a better um, aerial dual success rate than Dan Byrne, who's
0: about the size of the shard. It kind of stinks. The whole thing's not good. Ronaldo does what Ronaldo wants to do. And it's that individual ego that's driven him to be Quite literally, the greatest goal scorer of all time. You knew I was coming in as manager. You obviously identified signings for me. Who are they? Nobody. Uh, there's nobody he can ask. There's nobody he can trust. So who's Ten Hag gonna trust? Himself.
1: I would be surprised if all of them hit it off in the first season. Uh, so that would be a concern for me. But look, Ten Hag knows them. He knows the football he wants to play. So I think you just got to trust him and just hope, hope
0: for the best, really. We signed him as a right winger and then ended up playing on the left a ton and we were like what are you doing and now in the pre-season he's really on the right Delow looks like he knows what he's doing on the right Sancho's going to be elite this year I I would be very surprised if he doesn't get double figures for goals and
2: assists Hello, welcome to the Edge of the Box podcast, a podcast by whoscored.com. I'm your host, Dan Bardell, as we continue our Who Scored Summer Preview series. We've done the five other big hitters and we're finishing with Manchester United today, the so-called Big Six. Joined as ever by Josh from Who Scored, who is a Manchester United fan, as I've mentioned in every preview so far. We've also got Sam Peoples from United Peoples TV with us as well. Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. A bit well, of trepidation.
0: I'm, I'm just glad it's not last season anymore. Uh, is the first thing because it was it was brutal watching that as a United fan. I mean, it's it's been it's been a pretty bad few years, but just watching Liverpool and City go to toe toe to toe and having to deal with the consequence and the the thought of what's better is it, is City winning a treble or Liverpool winning the league? A bit and then neither happened. I was like okay, right? It, it could have gone worse, but I'll just I want to focus on United not
2: being a joke of a football club anymore. Ideally. Josh, do you feel they're making strides towards not being a joke football club anymore?
1: <laughs> well, I wasn't so sure at the start of the summer, but I have been really encouraged by what we've seen in pre-season so far. So I'm a little bit more optimistic than I was, but still a lot of work to do, I think, for the from the club to try and give Ten Hag the best opportunity to succeed. But we'll see.
2: Yeah, I think Ten Hag is saying all the right things, isn't it? And you can, you can see a tangible improvement in in stylistically when 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 you watch Manchester United in pre season. So we'll start though with the transfer window assessment. And Sam, Frankie De Young, we, all we've done. He's talk about him all summer from a Manchester United point of view. It st- still hasn't happened. We could quite, I'm quite expecting this to get to the end of August, and Manchester United just to sign Marouane Fellaini. To be honest, at the moment, <laughs> the, the way it's going, but is is he worth the fuss? Is, would he be that pivotal to Manchester United? The central midfield area is needed addressing for a long time. I mean, yeah, that's that's the understatement of the century. Uh,
0: we've needed a central midfielder for a, we've not replaced Keane. Do you want to go that far back, Keane or Skulls or Carrick? But uh, I, I think people who don't think that Frankie de Jong is a pivotal signing. I don't think I've given it enough thought. Uh, Eric Ten Hag is clearly he's gone in and he said, look, my number one guy is Frankie de Jong. He's central to everything. He's like the the missing piece of this whole puzzle. It's because de Jong's more than just a decent midfielder. He's more than just a playmaker from deep. He's like he'll be the general of this new system. And that's the thing that United haven't had for years. is a genuine system. Like Week in, week out. We, we're going to play the same football now. We've seen it in the preseason tour. That's why the fans are starting to get excited and positive. But we're currently playing Fred in that role. And then McTominay's slightly played there. But it's just like, it's not going to work. And with De Jong, because of his time at Ajax, with Ten Hag, he, Ten Hag won't have to coach De Jong. He'll just do all of the work that Ten Hag would want him to do, but naturally, subconsciously, without thinking. And with De Jong in the team, United will accelerate towards this Ten Hag system of football so much quicker this season with De Jong in it than with anybody else in that position. It's why, we, it's why we're just focusing on him purely. If we don't end up with him, it's not actually United's fault. We've agreed a deal with Barcelona. We've already got the fee done. That's out of the way. The rest is down to Barcelona, their politics, and their, the weird financial
2: mess that their football club is in. Does De Jong want to come, Josh? Do you get the impression that there's, there's something holding him back from wanting to be a part of Manchester United? Is it maybe that they're not in the Champions League? You know, the fact that they haven't been great over the last few years. But what impression do you get?
1: I don't think it's particularly a knock on Manchester United, I just just think that his dream is to play for Barcelona and on paper he is so Barcelona the way he plays. Um, So from that point of view it's not, he's not particularly saying no to Manchester United because we're not a good club at the moment, not a great team but I think it's more the fact that he's having his dream pulled underneath him from the club that he adores. So from that point of view it's Barcelona being just a complete mess going out and signing players while asking him to take a 50% 50% pay cut and not just spending little little money. They're spending big money on all of these players, Rafinha, Lewandowski. Uh, they want the severe centre-back Jules Kwande as well. So from that point of view, it's a bit mystifying why he still um, perhaps wants to stay there. But I think it is just all mind game, not mind games, but politics from his team making sure that they get what they're owed. Because um, I would be absolutely shocked if Manchester United are going in this deep for De Jong um, and they've had no assurances from him or... His team that he will go if if the deal's right, sort of thing. Um, and just to build on from what Sam said, I think at the moment our midfield is an absolute mess in the position that uh, Ten Hag has identified. Scott McTominay is a, a wrecking ball essentially. Um, so he's not going to work in that position and Fred personally I don't really want to see him anywhere near United's penalty box I think we've seen in the last 12 months what an effective player he can be closer to the opponent's box but close as well as I'm it scares me whenever he receives the ball facing our own box and I think that's what Dion ticks all those boxes. I'll just read through some stats. Uh, Every league season that he's had, he's had a pass success rate above 90%. I guess that is circumstantial that he's played for Ajax and Barcelona, where you would perhaps expect that. But this is someone that's completely comfortable on the ball, facing all directions. And I think that's what United have really struggled with, is they've had players that don't mind receiving the ball, but then turning um, to face the the opposition way has often been a bit of a struggle. Uh, He ranked second for long ball success rate over the last three seasons in Spain. Uh, behind Tony Cruz obviously another one that got away from Manchester United many years ago um so he's not just capable of doing the short passes that keep the tempo ticking he can also spread spread play and get over the back of the opposition defense he's got the best accurate ball ac- best accurate through ball success rate as well in Spain so he's capable of picking those passes that can slide the forwards through the best dribble success rate in Europe last season again as i said someone that's capable of not only passing through but also carrying the ball himself Um, and he was he also had the most who scored man of the match awards in spain last season of all midfielders so he's while it hasn't always been plain sailing for for de jong on the pitch for barcelona he still has produced match winning performances for them Uh, and i think that's also worth remembering that as sam as sam alluded to that what i'm clinging on to if this deal does go deep into the summer is that while most of united's players have got a real steep learning curve to go through. De Jong doesn't have to have that. He can just go straight in and both him and T- Ten Hag know exactly what's what's required from each other. And I think that is that is the silver lining to this transfer that while it's definitely not ideal that it's not done yet, I don't think it's a disaster if it is late. If it is done late into the window.
2: The Who Scored Man of the Match awards are uh, the ones that, that everyone wants. That's the one. Highly the one. coveted that those awards, <laughs> that's what every footballer that watches and looks at who scores, that they all want those, those awards. I didn't realise he had so many De Jong. Sam, what happens if he doesn't sign then? Is there an alternative they could they could go for is there anything within the squad at the moment that, that could play that role It, it feels kind of like if they if they don't game I, I would feel as a, as a not a non manchester united fan it's a massive problem
0: it is a massive problem and I'll be honest like i've I've already written and done my research and looked into Frankie the young alternatives and the fact of the matter is there just isn't one there just isn't one like if you look if you were to have like a, a 10 a list of 10 checkboxes and you were to tick them with Frankie De Jong, he obviously ticks them all. But anybody else is like, nah, maybe, maybe not. And what United have ballsed up on in the in the, last, in the last few years of the transfer market is we've just had a scattergun approach in the transfer market. I'll just sign him for 40. Don't even Beek the perfect example. Great player. We didn't really need him and we've stagnated his career to the point where he was a bit of a ghost in the pre-season tour now. We need to sign the right players for the right reasons. So I think, personally, Ten Hag is going to go If I don't get De Jong, I'm going to try and develop from within. He's already said that. So if you're looking, I know that I completely agree there, by the way, that Fred facing his own penalty area is a scary prospect. But when you get Ten Hag's system, uh, when United go forward now, the two fullbacks, they kind of drop in, or at least one of them. You know the inverted fullback, the Pep Guardiola Mm. way. That means that Fred would, whoever operates in that role, would have someone alongside him and and kind of help in that sense. But I think it's De Jong or nothing. Uh, And if it's nothing, then we're going to see... Maybe Fred get developed inside that role. James Garner, maybe stay at the club. It won't be ideal. Trust me, it won't be ideal. And there's going to be a lot of United fans who are angry that we just didn't sign anybody there. But if Ten Hag's so headstrong that it's De Jong or nothing, then it means it's going to be nothing this summer if De Jong doesn't come, and we're just going to wait until we get him. And I've I've got to back my manager, right? You have to back your man. I'm not going to try and undermine him at this point, but if we go another summer without signing a central midfielder, I just want to bang my head against a brick wall, really. I mean, We we signed Christian Eriksen, of course, but he's different. I feel like he's a little bit different to the but please Frankie, just, I think he's got to have at some point. I mean, he, he, he's, I feel like he's really innocent in this whole situation. He alluded to it there. Like is his dream club and his dream club is there just standing on his head. Like, I know you took a pay cut to help us, but how about you just take a permanent pay cut whilst we go and take those wages and give them to Lewandowski. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's an odd club. It's, it's the weirdest summer I've ever seen from any club of that size. It really is from Barcelona. Yeah. I'm and they've
1: also scared. been playing at cent- been playing at centre back as
0: well. Yeah. it's just <laughs> but... it's, it's it's. I mean, he he did play at centre back under Kehman before, so he has played there before. But it's it's like they're giving two fingers to Frankie. Like they're, they're they're trying to almost trying openly to annoy take. Him. They're trying to take the piss out of him. They're trying yeah. to paint him as a villain now, so that when he leaves, Barcelona can go well. Ah, uh, we did everything we could. We're not the bad guys here. Whereas in reality, they are.
2: I would say though, if you know if they don't get him and they don't sign anyone else, in some ways as a Manchester United guy, I would look at that as a, as a positive because that shows that they're not making the same mistakes that, that they have done previously, just getting players in with no clue what to do with them. No idea just to sell Definitely. shirts or whatever. So from that point of view, I think, I think actually think in a weird way, that would be some form of progress from behind the scenes at, it, at Manchester it, United. It will split the fans. It will
0: really split the fans. Cause a lot of fans, it's like, I always use the analogy of being drunk going into a supermarket. It's like, everything looks appealing and that's what United are in central. Oh yeah. I'll take you. Yeah. Uh, Milinkovic, Savic, Fabian... Yeah, I'll take them all. Yeah, they they probably would all improve United's midfield, but then we're probably going to be stuck with another player like, well, Martial before this preseason. He's on 240 grand a week we, and we couldn't sell him. We've got Phil Jones who's still at the club because his wages are great. We've got Lingard who... Well, we know what's happened with Lingard, but these sorts of problems have to be rooted out. And it's... We've gone after De Jong. I'll be honest, it's just... United have got involved... I wish we hadn't got involved in Barcelona this summer. And we have. It's just... <laughs> We're, I don't think anybody expected it to be as crazy as it is, but we've agreed the fee. We've got that done. Barcelona, get your stuff in order, man, because
2: we want we want him. Right, then let's move away from De Jong yeah. Josh, little test for you. Manchester United now have seven senior centre-backs. Can you name them all?
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've got Lissandro Martinez, obviously, who we'll talk about in a second. Victor Lindelof, Rafael Vren, Harry Maguire, Twan Zabi still there, Eric Bailly and Phil Jones. I think that's is that seven.
0: Yeah, that is seven. seven. Yeah. Well, well but I think...
1: I think, as as Sam said, the scattergun approach has is just happened all over the pitch in terms of Manchester United recruitment. If you look at all of those centre backs, most of them are all pretty different from one another, and quite a few of them have been signed within the last five years. I think there was a run of every summer we signed a new centre back, and obviously it's happened again this summer.
2: No club should I, have seven senior centre backs on big wages. That is just ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> I'm
1: sure some of them will. Leave. I mean, I'd hope some of them will leave before the. Win but they back. won't yeah, because no one will take yeah,
2: them. It is
1: stupid. Um, but with Lissandro Masters, I'm really excited by it, this science be honest. And I think the more people joke about the fact that he's only five foot seven and he can't play centre back, I think makes me more excited. I mean, there's obviously he's there's five going foot to be nine.
2: Time. Five foot seven is small. I think he's five I think, five I nine, think isn't he? he's five foot I think he is five foot seven, isn't he? I nah, think he can't be five foot seven. He's five I think foot he's nine. five foot I think he's five foot nine. Okay, nine. nine. Sam's cannavara. He was only yeah, yeah, yeah. five foot nine, wasn't
1: he? Um but yeah, the, the there's obviously there's always going to be a time and over the course of the season where you can just see someone like Christian Benteke out jumping him at the back post and scoring ahead, and opposition fans will definitely be on that. But I think Ten Hag clearly values the fact that he's a ball play, his ball playing ability over the fact of his height. Um, and to be fair, he actually is really good in the air for someone of his size. He had last he can season, have a good
2: spring that can make you yeah, six foot three.
1: Last central. season, he had a better um, aerial duel success rate than Dan Byrne, who's about the size of the shard. So uh so yeah, it doesn't doesn't count for everything. And just for context, Martinez won seventy point five percent of his aerial jewels last season in the league. Uh Maguire won seventy-two point eight percent, Vran seventy-three point seven percent, and Van Dyke seventy-seven point five. So up against the big boys, he doesn't compare to too badly, to be honest. And I think the problem that Manchester United have had in that left sided role is that Harry Maguire's played there pretty much his whole pretty much his whole time at United, um un- until recently. But and he is a right, right-footed right player, so you often see that when he does receive the ball from the right, he his first touch is to come back to the right before he sweeps it out to the left, and it is quite predictable, and it does make um, that sort of transition of the game quite difficult. Sometimes it is really effective, but we haven't really seen Maguire step forward as much in the last 12 months as he used to do, which m- made it really effective. Um, and I think that's the key difference from United's million other centre-backs, is that Martinez is a natural ball-playing uh, defender who isn't just capable of passing out for the back but he can also carry the ball forward and I think that will alleviate a lot of the pressure if we start the season without Frankie De Jong for example that Martinez is the player that can do that um, but yeah excited to see him finally in a United shirt.
2: Sam are you are you happy with Martinez coming in because again I suppose you know you want to back the manager that's a player that the manager identified and that's a player that the manager wanted.
0: Yeah I think uh, anybody who's just focusing on his height is uh, they're just they're trying to find something to poke the transfer with and say oh that's a risk that's a risk but ultimately football it's modernized and it's not all about being burnley now anymore look at liverpool and city it's all about playing the ball on the floor uh, and one of united's biggest achilles heels over the last five six seven a long time playing out from the back with the ball we can't do it we cannot do it every time we try we invite pressure on ourselves and teams take advantage of it and we kick it long and we can't control the game of football when United were, were at their best under Solskjaer, it's probably the best football we've played in a long time. When that finished season, we finished second. We were a transition team. We get it as quickly as possible from the back to the front with like three or four passes and use the pace of Rashford-Martial to expose teams. We've never been able to, in the last few years, control a game of football and just hold possession for like two, three minutes without looking scared by it. Martinez is going to change that, really will change that. And the big thing, you know, it was mentioned there by Josh about Maguire being right-footed. Martinez is left-footed. We've we've used Telez as a left centre-back on the pre-season tour. Uh, Spoiler alert, he's not a left centre-back. And that's because he's left-footed and it it changes the shape of the build-up. I'm massively excited. Martinez and De Jong, for me, are the two signings that transform United's system next year. Martinez bringing it out from the back with a ball and he looks aggressive. He is aggressive. Uh, It was known as a butcher of Amsterdam, which has to be one of the best nicknames I've ever heard for a footballer. Um, And I'm just... People want him to fail because he's, he was signed by Manchester United, and I can't wait for him to. And I think he'll he'll use that as energy to to sort of build his success at the club. And Ten Hag, he as you, as you rightly said he wanted him and he got him, and I think it's going to be a really really important signing. I think
1: it's those off the off the ball um, traits as well that Sam alluded to that also makes him a really appealing signing. I think he has those leadership qualities. He's very he's an organizer at the back. He's very vocal, and I think that can only improve Manchester United's defense. Where Often when goals go in, you often see United players looking around, heads down. No one really wants to say anything. No one wants to take responsibility for what's just happened. But I think that will change with Martinez. um, He'll be a trusted player under Ten Hag, having obviously worked with him at Ajax.
2: He's a player that will suit the Premier League, I think because of his aggression. A bit like Romero at Spurs, I I think he'll he'll, he'll suit the Premier League. I think it'll be good for him and it'll be a good signing for Manchester United. The other signing, Sam, Christian Eriksen. Is he the right kind of midfielder that Manchester United need? A phenomenal player, a great footballer, you know, an intelligent footballer. Manchester United haven't had enough good footballers, actually, over, over the last few years. I would say, and Ericsson, he ticks that box because he is really pleasing on the eye and he's an intelligent player as well. Yeah. Is he the right kind of midfielder that Manchester United needed? I think
0: if you're, if you're looking at where we were to where we're heading towards with Ten Hag, then absolutely, Christian Eriksen is like a, a perfect example of that. Uh, because he, uh, he scored in the IX way. I don't need to tell you everything about Christian Eriksen's career. You know that. But the idea that Man United have let Juan Mata go and brought in Eriksen on a tran- on a free transfer, I mean, it's an absolute win-win. I still stand by the fact that Christian Eriksen, for me, is a supplementary signing. I don't think uh, the success or the failures of this window revolve around Christian Eriksen. I think it's a great signing, but it's not the only midfield signing we need to make. I think if you're looking at how United played in the preseason, it almost feels like in possession that... We're, it might be a 4-2-3-1 on paper, but it's not two holding midfielders. One of those midfielders kind of moves up into a number eight role and plays alongside Bruno Fernandes. In the preseason, that was Scott McTominay and Donny van der Beek, who were both naff in the preseason. Let's be completely honest about both of their performances. Ericsson in that role alongside Bruno, huge improvement, huge improvement. And yeah, he is his set-piece delivery. We've been crap at set-pieces for years and years because our deliveries into the box have not been good enough. How Harry Maguire... Has not scored more headers is beyond me, and I'll be honest, his his headers are crap. Anyway, he wins so many headers. If you had, if you compiled if you had a compilation of Harry Maguire's headers that he's won on off corners that have just spooned elsewhere, but I'm not slating Maguire for that. I think he'll improve with Ericsson. I think he's a very good signing, but a supplementary one. That's that. That's the way I would sort of angle it. I think he's going to be great. I don't know though, but he's got the ambition. He 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 had the ambition. He could have stayed in Brentford, right? Happily in the Premier League, chilling out in London. Family's happy. Could have had a few years there and nobody really would have begrudged him. But he's gone, no, you know what? I want to see if I can still compete with the big boys at the very top. And that's why he's come to United. And he, and he mentioned his ambition. And I think as long as, you know, fingers crossed, his health and his fitness is there. I think he's going to be a a, a very, very good signing, especially for free.
1: Gosh. I think signing players that age 30 plus has got Manchester United into trouble a few times in recent years. And there was under Solskjaer, a direct, like a clear, before Ronaldo came, a clear... Uh, direction to go away from that sort of signing, but it does feel different with Ericsson. He does feel like he could potentially be one of United's best players straight away. Um, I think if you saw the impact he made at Brentford last season when he joined, they were on the slide and heading towards relegation, I think everyone thought. And then as soon as he came in, there was a real upturn and he obviously led them to safety. Um, And then I looked into uh, the best new signings made this summer. So using the who scored ratings, who are the best rating of players that have transferred club in the summer? And Ericsson was fourth in all of Europe's top five leagues, you've got Lewandowski as the top-rated after his move to Barcelona, Haaland to City, Nico Schlotter back to Dortmund, and then there's Eriksen at fourth, so it's a class signing. And I think he also could act as the perfect foil to Fernandez. I think last season, like, all Man- he, he. you can't slate Fernandez for anything he's done for Manchester United, because he has been magic for the whole time. But there have been times where he has attempted the Hollywood pass, or he has given away possession too easily. And I think that just does come with Fernandes in the territory, because sometimes it comes off, sometimes it doesn't. Although in this pre-season, there has, does seem to have been a more calm, measured approach from Fernandes. But I think with Eriksen, you get someone that's definitely more secure in possession. And I think that could act as a perfect foil to him when they're on the pitch together and when they are moving the ball forward. I think with Fernandes, he has the license to, to, to create from areas where you would typically try and keep the ball. But Ericsson is definitely a lot more secure on the ball. And I think that should help really uh, accelerate Ten Hag's, what Ten Hag wants to do at Manchester United.
2: And a new left-back, Sam, on board as well. Yeah. Not necessarily an area that really needed strengthening, but they've done it anyway.
0: Uh, I mean, a lot of United fans would probably disagree with you saying the idea that we did okay. need to strengthen at fullback. Uh fullbacks have been a bit of an issue. Like Shaw had a cracking year in the lead-up to the Euros, and then he just disappeared off the face of the earth last season. Uh, so did Harry Maguire. Uh, so did Marcus Rashford. Uh, but is he's, he's obvious he's a modern-day fullback, right? He's got the profile of it. Ten Hag's raved about it, and we've seen it in the preseason. It's not just about energy going forward. It's not just about covering your positions. He just looks... has got a, he, He's clearly got a great attitude, very happy to be at the club, but he's got a work ethic and, and something that Ten Hag can point towards and say, right... There's your new level, you have to match it, or I'm gonna kick you out of the team. And Malasia, the way he's played in the preseason, he's probably forced his way into I would kind of be surprised if he didn't start against Brighton, the way that the preseason's gone so far, how Shaw has played and how Matassea plays. Um, there's no doubt that Shaw will get opportunities as the season goes on, but perfect competition and the the sorts of signings that United need to make more of 17 million euros, relatively oh no, it's already it's cheap in the in the market. For a player who's come in and had an impact straight away, that's what good scouting does. We don't have a scouting department at the moment. It's kind of why uh, Ten Hag's been going towards the Eredivisie and looking at all the players he knows. But we have to build that next year so we can start signing more players like Malasir. And every United fan has been impressed with how he's gone, he's got on so far. Even the fact you say Manchester United
2: don't have a scouting department, <laughs> we, it, we it's, don't. Absolutely, it's absolutely catastrophic. Like, How it's can Manchester United not have a scouting department? It doesn't as well make we, any we, sense We We sacked
0: sack both our chief scouts, so Ten Hag's got no one he can trust. Uh, so we've got to build that up again this year, and hopefully next year we can actually operate as
2: a football club. He might he might be on checking who scored man of the match award, might he? <laughs> to, to get his signings in. That that could be what he's doing. Let's finish this section in with a transfer window grade. So we're doing this based on the moment that Diong isn't there, Sam. What grade are you giving them? I'm
0: gonna go for the middler. I'm gonna go for a C because I think uh with the fact that it might not be a big deal to a lot of uh, fans maybe that aren't, you know, like not non-United fans, but Pogba, Mata, Matic, Lingard and Cavani all actually genuinely leaving on free transfers and not just getting contract extensions for the sake of keeping them at the club is a step in the right direction. United have been so bad for so many years that cliches, you have to be excited by cliches applying to our club. That, that, that's, how, that's how far we've fallen. And that's um, bad. It is bad, but it's just the reality and the truth. Uh, so I'm quite happy about that. And I think Ericsson are a free, good signing. Miss Martinez, I'm excited about that signing. And I think Malasia is the indication of something where we need to head towards. But ultimately, Frankie De Jong is is the is the way is the, the person that changes that grade completely. What does that go, put it
2: to if they get him in?
0: I mean, if if he if he comes in, it could go straight up towards an A. Uh, because if if you're looking at what United needed this summer, we needed a centre back, a central midfielder, an attacker, which still has to happen, with or one out now are leaving. Uh, and then the fullback's a bit slu- supplementary, but an exciting supplement.
1: Been slightly more harsh. I've given United a D. I think Ooh. I was expecting it to be a bit of a slog this summer for Ten Hag, but I still don't think they've given him the best opportunity to succeed. And while De Jong just does will go late into the transfer window, I'm concerned that that won't happen. Not really from Manchester United's to Manchester United's fault, but I'm just concerned that Barcelona just won't just it just won't happen. Because of Barcelona, really, and I think if that doesn't happen, it's going to be a real tough season for Ten Hag. So yeah, I've only given them a D so far.
2: I think they needed a centre back, like, like Sam says. They've, they've they've done that. I think that's a massive signing, but still work to be done. And I would say it doesn't look like a forward's going to come through the door. And if Sam, if you you know more about Manchester United than me, if you're saying that that needs to happen, uh, I don't think it will. I'd be surprised if it didn't. Uh, but I also, at the same time,
0: have absolutely no idea who that strike is. I don't know whether it's going to be a pure number nine. Ronaldo leaving or going, I think, might affect that. But we ne- I thought we were going to sign a versatile forward, somebody who can play across the positions to have a little bit more depth. Uh, uh, yeah, I think I would be
2: surprised if we didn't sign one, I'll be honest. OK, then. Well, let's move on to the concerns section then. So you've mentioned Ronaldo there, Sam. I mean, Chelsea was linked with for a few weeks. that That's not going to happen. Bit of a strange situation going on there. Everything points to me that, he, that he's going to be at Manchester United starting the season because I can't really think where he would go. Well, you summed it up there. That's
0: the only reason he's going to stay at Manchester United is because he, he doesn't have a new house he can move into. Uh, he's basically angled for a move away. He's done everything he, he could possibly do for a move away. I th- it feels like uh, him and Jorge Mendes have sort of misjudged this situation. I mean, Which kind of surprised me because Jorge Mendes met with Todd Bowling so probably would have had assurances that they were interested or not. And then Chelsea are like, nah, don't fancy it. And I don't, I, I, I don't blame him. I don't think it would be the, actually, it kind of sounds like a Chelsea signing, really. That they would, they would make for a season, wouldn't it? Bayern Munich, they're not interested in him because of his age. And if he, I don't know. The, the thing that annoys me about Ronaldo is just the timing of it all. Like, no United fan would have begrudged him at any point. If at the end of the season he's like, I want to play Champions League football next year. Love being back. I'm going to leave. No United fan would have had a problem with it. Instead. It went to the preseason just before the preseason, and then of course we were told it was personal family issues. So we we, we can't question that because it's dangerous to assume. But given that he still hasn't talked to Eric ten Hag, today tomorrow is the crunch day. Uh, if he turns up for preseason training, maybe there's going to be a bit of a change. But he has to; he's contractually obliged to. And
2: I can't see him not turning up. That that's not him. I don't think he's very professional, if nothing else.
0: Exactly. That's the one thing that 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 is the Ronaldo brand, the CR7 brand is all based around that professionalism. So I'd be surprised if he didn't turn up, but. It kind of stinks. The whole thing's not good. It's a bit like, well, I'll be honest, like when Ronaldo left United, you said that he was being held against it. He said he was a slave before he got his dream moved to Madrid. Ronaldo does what Ronaldo wants to do. And it's that individual ego that's driven him to be quite literally the greatest goal scorer of all time. Uh, but it, yeah, the timing of it stings, I think. Uh, but you're probably right. I don't think there's anywhere he can go. He's turned down Saudi for the money. He's not going to go back to sport in Lisbon because they're just going to get knocked out in the group stage of the Champions League. And I think he would go to Atletico Madrid. He was going to join City before he came back to United. So I don't think that legacy thing... I think he sees
2: his legacy different to how anybody else does. He just cares about the numbers. I mean, you could almost do with Real Madrid being a little bit like Barcelona. In the the way they do. (laughs) Real Madrid seem quite sensible now with with what they're doing. Obviously, Juve have been there and got the T-shirt with Ronaldo. So they're the two obvious places at some point he would have ended up. But they're not there. So I I think he'll end up staying, Josh. Uh,
1: It would be quite embarrassing I think for Team Ronaldo if that is the case and it does look like that will be the case he'll have to return with it the, like his tail between his legs and I think as Sam said the timing was just so bad he knew everyone knew well before the season finished that United weren't going to get that top four position under Ralph Randick. and then to, to drop the bombshell weeks and weeks into the summer was just it's just a massive issue and I think like Sam said no one would have, Ten Hag probably would have rather that He'd left if that was the case at the start of the summer. It's clear that he's not suited to the way Ten Hag wants to play football, and we've seen that it remains to be seen whether Martial can keep this sort of form that he showed up throughout the season. And he does is someone that does seem to have a bit of a defeatist mentality. That when there is competition, we've seen it with Ibrahimovic and Cavani, that he just goes missing. Um, so we'll have to see what happens when Ronaldo comes back. But if Ronaldo had made it clear at the start of at the end of the season that he wanted to leave, then I'm sure United would have gone harder for Darwin Nunes and I'm not saying that Darwin Nunes would have necessarily chosen United over Liverpool but I could have definitely seen an outcome where Jorge Mendes would have pushed Darwin Nunes to United just to free up Ronaldo to leave somewhere I could definitely have seen that happening but obviously at the time we weren't really that wasn't a priority signing because Ten Hag had Ronaldo in mind and now it's just all up in the air it's not ideal I think last season the criticism Ronaldo was a bit overblown I think some of the other players sort of just went into their shadow, went into his shadow. I think, look, Robert Lewandowski is not a pressing monster, and Bayern have been hugely successful with him. I think if you have players that are willing to sacrifice around the main man, then it can work. But I just don't think that that didn't obviously didn't happen last season. Ronaldo still finished as the third top goal scorer in the league last season, which isn't bad for a team that was absolutely pants for most of the pretty much all of the season. Um But yeah. But although the one thing that I have been encouraged by is that even though it has been a massive cloud over United's pre-season, where there has been real positives from the tour of Australia and Asia, it hasn't completely derailed things. I think that's a positive for United heading into the season. But it's going to be really interesting to see what happens when he does come back.
2: Sam, are you concerned by the Dutch element to Manchester United transfer business? So basically, if you've played in Holland at some point in your career, you've had a chance of signing for Manchester United this summer. No, I've,
0: I've explained that earlier. Uh, the, we, we sacked Jim Lawler and Marcel Bout, who are two our chief scouts. So basically, Ten Hag has nobody inside the club that he can lean to and lean on and say, right, you knew I was coming in as manager. You obviously identified signings for me. Who are they? Nobody. Uh, there's nobody he can ask. There's nobody he can trust. So who's Ten Hag going to trust? Himself. And he's going to trust himself by what he's seen with his own eyes in the Eredivisie and what he knows from Ajax. So I think it's just going to be a, a, a one-summer transfer policy. If next next summer we're just still going after Dutch players and Ajax players, then questions can be asked. But I don't think you really can this summer. That's my personal opinion. Uh,
1: I am slightly concerned. I just think because if Manchester United end up signing Anthony as well, I would be a little bit concerned, more concerned, sorry. I think if you've seen over the last few seasons that the success rate of players that have transferred directly from Holland to England, there hasn't always been a, just because you smashed it in Holland doesn't necessarily mean that will translate to success in England. I think you've seen it with Manchester United with players like Memphis Depay and Donny van der Beek. I think you've also seen it with Vincent Janssen and Hakim Ziyech. These are players that had massive, massive talent and were, were the best players in the league in, in Holland, only to really struggle in the Premier League. And I think with a lot of United signings coming from that league, then I would be surprised if all of them hit it off in the first season. Uh, so that would be a concern for me. But that Ten Hag knows them. He knows the football he wants to play. So I think you've just got to trust him and just hope hope for the best,
2: really. Final concern I've got down here is a personal one that I've put in myself. David De Gea. Some of you happy with him as, as goalkeeper? Obviously, you know, he made an astonishing amount of saves last season. You can't look past that. But I always think in my head kind of why De Gea is as a goalkeeper, he's part of the problem at Manchester United. But he's gonna to have to try and change that a little bit to to develop this season and and, and be the undisputed number one under, under Ten Hag, although there isn't really anyone else to come in because I don't see Tom Heaton being Manchester United number no. one anytime soon.
0: How do you feel about De Gea? I think um with De Gea, I think something that's really kind of forgotten is when we signed him, like the first couple of years for De Gea when he came from Atletico Madrid, a distribution was quite literally the best part of his game. He's, he's schooled in Spanish football. Like he knows how to play out from the back with a ball and he did it at the start. But I think it kind of got coached out of him a little bit. Uh, the thing that was terrible for him at that point was his confidence in the box. His shot stopping was always natural. Uh, and then obviously that comp- that sort of grew and grew and grew and De Gea became the goalkeeper that he, he was and the best in the world at one point. The thing that he's still, the, 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 the pre-season, uh, of course he's going to have to work on that distribution. But I think Ten Hag probably feels he can get it out of him. And I think De Gea has De already talked about it. He goes, I can play out from the back with the ball. I'm capable of doing it. I'm Spanish. You no, know, that's, that's part of the football that we play. But his his strength and cut, like the goal that we can it against Villa was just a bit naff. You know, it, a little bit flappy, flappy on the corners. Um, that's kind of one of De Gea's big weaknesses. Is, I would say his, arguably his biggest weakness is his actual weakness, his actual strength in the box and command in that area. But it's that that will never change, I don't think. At this at this point in his career, like, he's not going to no. change that. But the distribution, he's already got that. He's had that in 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 the locker in previous years, back at the start. So I think it's a case of coaching him differently and getting that back out of him. I think that can improve. But nah, he's not going to ever be an Edison or an Alliston.
1: I think we've seen that as well in training. I think Ten Hag has put a real emphasis in placing the goalkeepers in the training drills with midfielders. So there has been a clear, I think, a clear shift in. Trying to get that back out of him, and also, but it was quite funny. To be fair, in the Liverpool game, that the one time he did actually venture out of his box for the first time in about seven years, he did pull up, um, trying to chase down Darwin Nunes. So it'll be—he's obviously his legs aren't used to it at the moment, but yeah, we'll have to see. It is going to be interesting to see how he does adapt to that. We'll
2: move on now to the best eleven segment. And first of all, Sam, what formation are Manchester United going to play this season? Four two three one. It's it's going Four, to be 4-2-3-1.
0: It's always going to be, I mean, it's 4 3 one on paper, but it will end up looking more like a four three three in possession because one midfielder will drop deeper
2: than the other in the double pivot. You, you're happy with that, Josh? Is that what who scored have gone? Let's, let's get the who scored 11, in fact. Let, let's start with the who scored statistical 11 that Manchester United should line up
1: with. Yeah, so so ours is based on league ratings from last season, so it obviously doesn't take into account what we've seen in pre-season so far. Uh, De Gea obviously in goal, no question about that, but as we said, there are some concerns there. We've got Diego Dallo at right back. I think he's going to be the undisputed first choice this 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 season. You um, know, I've always been a bit unsure of uh, Dallo. I think there were calls from Manchester United fans to see him for a long time, and it was refreshing to start with that we had a right back that was capable of going forward. But the end product wasn't always there. Um, we've seen an, an improvement in pre-season, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. The centre-back pairing is Lisandro Martinez at left centre-back. Um he was actually the the top rated centre back in all of Europe's top six leagues according to our ratings. Um monster, monster rating for him. We've actually got Rafael Varane as the right sided centre back in that. I'm not sure how many games we're gonna see from him this season, to be honest, but he was the best of a bad bunch last season. Left back, we've got Malasia over Luke Shaw. I think something that I've been really encouraged by this season is that in season, sorry, is that when Manchester United have crossed the ball it's been with her purpose. It's been low cutbacks or trying to actually find a teammate rather than just sticking it in the box and hoping for the best. And Malasia was really good at those cutbacks at Final last season. So that would be interesting to see. The number six position is obviously a massive issue at the moment. We've got McTominay, who had a slightly a marginally better rating than Fred. But obviously, I don't think we're going to see McTominay in that role under um, Ten Hag. And then we've got Ericsson and Bruno Fernandes along next to him in those advanced positions. Then the front three... Rashford, obviously, was nowhere to be seen last season. Martial, nowhere to be seen last season. Alanga showed some promise, so he actually gets it on the right-hand side for us. Not sure, again, how much we'll see of him. Um, then Jadon Sancho on the left and Cristiano Ronaldo up front.
0: The defence, I would say, is majority correct. Uh, it's going to be the hiring goal. It will with Deleu and Malasir as a full uh, I, I, In per- personal opinion, I think Luke Shaw's... When Telez came in, Luke Shaw had this, like, rocket. And he became the form improved because of the competition. Let's see, we need to see that again from Shaw, but and then some because Tyrell Malasia knows the Ten Hag system and Shaw's got to learn that. Center back partnership, I've gone for Martinez and Maguire. I want it to be Varane. I want Varane to stay fit. I don't have much hope that he will stay fit for the full season. I mean, even the preseason, he's had some niggles. I think he had some like knee problems. Look, he's a champagne footballer, he really is, but there's. It's a bit like Real Madrid and Bayern Munich rarely let go of a player of a certain age unless they're pretty confident that they're, that they're not going to regret it. Um, they don't really miss in that sense. Uh, and I fear that Varan's going to be another one of those. But prove me wrong, Rafael, please, because I want to see you there. Uh, he's such a good player. But Mag- I'm going for Maguire and Varane. Midfield three, I've gone for Fred, uh, Bruno and uh, Eriksen. I don't think there's much chance of McTominay getting too many starts for United next season. I think he'll be a good squad player. McTominay will always be a good squad player. And I, I don't like fans that just try to slam him and say he has no purpose inside the squad because it's just wrong. Uh, but he shouldn't be starting for United in that position. And no. neither should Fred. Right, neither should Fred. And I'm not going to say he is, but I think Fred's uh, probably uh, got more quality that can be tuned into that role than uh, McTominay does. And in the front three, I've gone for Rashford, Martial and Sancho because I had a pre-season, man. It's been exciting it has been exciting there's been it was mentioned by josh earlier. It's, it's good that the ronaldo story hasn't just overshadowed and you know it would have done if united had got pumped 4-0 by liverpool everybody would have, every headline everywhere ronaldo united gets slapped smashed by uh, liverpool instead it was like oh don't worry it's only pre-season you can't take you can't look too much into that 4-0 win but those three are working well together it's not we're not just scoring individualistic goals in a preseason. It's it's weird. We're scoring genuine team goals at the end of like 10, 15, 20 pass moves. And it's like I haven't seen that for a while. I haven't seen that. And it's been a really good start from all three of them. So yeah, absolutely all three of them starting in season. Ronaldo shouldn't start. My, my eleven
2: is exactly the same as yours. So I'm just well, to, to start the season. Exactly the same. So there You're we right. go. You're wrong, Josh. You're wrong who scored. <laughs> Let's pick then one player to watch then in the upcoming campaign. Josh, who've you gone for?
1: I've gone for, I was talking between a few, but I've gone for Jaden Sancho. I think last season was obviously so disappointing from him. He came as one of the best players in Europe and had been for a couple of seasons. And he obviously had such a poor season for United last season. I think he actually ranked nearly 800th in Europe's top five leagues at the end of last season by who scored ratings. So obviously not great. But I think we've seen in this this preseason alone that he's really, really coming into it now. And I think it was said last season on this show that under Solskjaer, he didn't really have a coach that was. He didn't have a coach that there was much tactics behind uh, what he wanted, what was required from Sancho. Sorry, on the pitch, but with Ten Hard that'll definitely be the case. And we've already seen, already seen with some of the goals he's he set up, the goals he scored. There's been a real improvement. I think it's going to be a big season for Sancho. So yeah, I've gone for him.
2: I've gone for Sancho as well for the exact same reason, Josh, that you've mentioned, Sam. Full hat trick. It's is you Sancho.
0: can't. You can't not look at that. Jaden Sancho. He had a. Poor season, but between like January and March, he had like a six-game streak where he was absolutely on fire. Uh, and Sancho's a system player, as I said there. Ten Hag, will note. And he's, we signed him as a right winger and then ended up playing on the left a ton. And we were like, what are you doing? And now in the preseason, he's really on the right. Delo looks like he knows what he's doing on the right. He's just going to be so exciting, man. He's going to be the player that we thought we signed last year. We did sign last year, but... He was part of a tumultuous season where we sacked our manager, switched systems, kind of didn't have an identity too much. Sancho's going to be elite this year. I I would be very surprised if he doesn't get double figures
2: for goals and assists. And the expectations then for the 22-23 season, I've left myself absolutely nowhere to go because we've already done five shows and I've picked my top five already. So I've got Manchester United as sixth. But I would say, still, I look at it and that that 11 that that we just reeled off, I think even Arsenal's 11 is comfortably better. The Manchester United at the moment so I think there's still a lot of work to do
1: I've been really encouraged by pre-season but I don't want to get too carried away by the form that Martial shown, shown um, because we've seen in time and time again before that it doesn't always last um, so I'll be interested to see how that goes obviously we need massive improvements from Rashford and Sancho last season wasn't great for either Rashford especially so we we're really banking on big improvements from three underperforming players from last season. Um, and I do think that the positions for fourth, fifth and sixth are going to be really close, as we said on the last show. There's not going to be much in it. And the fact that Chelsea are, seems to be imploding already is making me very happy. Um, but because we would already picked their position, I'm going to have to put United fifth. But I'm feeling more confident as the days go by that
0: we'll be in that top four. I'm i I'm backing us to Nick fourth. I think it will be a season where you're right. It's going to be mega competitive. Liverpool and City, nah, forget about them. They don't exist. Uh, Chelsea had a pretty much free run at third and then nearly managed to balls it up as the season went on. So Spurs looking good. But I think it it all revolves around the, the, the mysterious Ten Hag factor. What United fans have seen in the preseason has been really promising. Nobody expected, I think, the level of discipline and teamwork and cohesion to be seen as quick as it has been seen. And it's really, yeah. it's a good start. So that, that That's the most exciting part of it. And if that's what we can get, like, after three, four, five, six weeks of training, how good can it get as the season progresses? That's the factor that we, we don't know and we won't know until the season goes on. We start getting injuries. We start playing three games a week. How does it work? But the early signs are that United are not going to be a joke. Next, Last season, like, we finished second, and then we signed Varane, Sancho and Ronaldo. you thinking, go on then. Well, United fans, even moderate United fans, went into that season going, "There's a sneaky chance we might compete," and when then, well, fell out, and we all know what happened. But the way that we look in this season, the players that underperformed to that level last year will be better. They will be better. They have been better so far, and I, and I firmly back them to be better as the season goes on. But if Ten Hag can continue to do the good work he's doing so far across a full season, and the players keep responding. I think United you know, are going to be surprised people by how well we do this season.
2: OK, then, so that does us. We've previewed the top six heading into the new season and we'll be back on Monday doing a general preview of the whole Premier League. So we'll see what we think with that. Who's on with us there, Josh? Do we know yet? Is it just me and you? Uh, we're right. someone joining us? Josh with us. Do subscribe to the channel with your post notifications on, and you will get a notification when that video is out. And then we'll be back every Thursday for the foreseeable previewing each week of the Premier League season. Thanks ever so much to Sam for joining us today, and thanks to all the other guys that have joined us throughout this series as well. And also to Josh, who sat here patiently waiting for Manchester United for the last three or four weeks. Only one thing left to say, stay safe.